Hey guys, welcome back to the next episode of Lunch Break, a podcast to help you guys get more exposed to the students and community and staff. I'm your host, Megan Han, and for today's lunch, I'm having some simple fried rice. For today's episode, we're discovering the languages of the world with our next guest, Miss Wang, who is a Chinese teacher at Stevenson. To start off, Miss Wang, what are you having for lunch today? Wow, today, yeah, I usually, you know, for lunch, I bring my lunch, I cook. I like to cook, and then so usually I cook, you know, uh, during the evening, and then I will bring some leftovers <laughs> for lunch. My yeah, lunch sometimes just some salad, you know, well, which I really like, and sometimes maybe some you know fried rice, sometimes maybe some you know leftover dumplings. <laughs> yeah, and then today, yeah, actually, I I had I have something you know like. Because yesterday we, uh, as a family, we kind of wrapped dumplings together, and I still have some leftovers. I brought some, you know, leftover dumplings, and I had some chicken from a restaurant which my son brought home, and I also had some, you know, beef which my husband cooked like a few days ago, and then I also made myself some you know salads which look very colorful and then i like i have you know tomatoes i have spinach and i also have a few like fruits like you know blueberry blackberry and i also put some oranges orange and uh, grapefruit and and some uh, kind of like even bananas you can see how what <laughs> mix mixture of things there. Yeah, that's my lunch. Like a deluxe meal. Mm-hmm. I I really I think I'm going to really enjoy the yeah. That's nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Alright, so to get started, why did you decide to be a Chinese teacher? Yeah, you know, you know, I'm always a language major in China. You know, I finished my. Uh, you know, a uh, bachelor's degree in English and English language and uh, culture. I also got my uh, bachelor. Uh, I mean, master's degree in uh, in linguistics. So all these are actually related to language. And then after graduation, like in China, I was hired by a university. Which is actually a foreign language university mm-hmm. in, in China, and then I started teaching there, like teaching English, and mm-hmm. you know teaching. Actually, the students who are learning, my students are all English majors, and then I taught them, you know, English there for seven years, and then I felt like, oh wow, I really want to be back to school and really, mm-hmm. you know, improve my own, like you know. You know skills in speaking English.、Mm-hmm. I always dreamed of you know going to a English-speaking country, you know, so that I can really you know、uh, speak with people who who are you know who speak the language, right?、Mm-hmm. And also learn about the culture. And then my husband actually got a chance. My husband also taught you know teaches in the same. Yeah, my husband actually we we both teach in the same foreign language university,、mm-hmm. and then he got a chance, and as you know,、uh, coming to the U.S. as a exchange like a scholar between、mm-hmm. my university and then a university in Ohio, so which is Bowling Green、mm-hmm. State University, and then he came over and said, "Wow, I I was still you know teaching in China, but after two years." I really, you know, got a chance, and then I finished, the, you know,、um, preparing my, you know, GRE, you know, and、mm-hmm. also the TOEFL test for the foreigners, right?、Mm-hmm. So, and then I got admitted to、uh, two universities. You know, I because my husband、uh, studied in、um, Ohio, Bowling、uh, Bowling Green, 
actually state university and then I got admitted to a university which is I don't know whether you guys know it's University of Toledo mm. in Toledo actually Ohio and then mm, okay. I yeah I started there for one year and then I things before I came I also I was admitted to a doctoral a program in you know what is Ball State University in Muncie, oh, yeah, Muncie, yeah. Indiana. Yeah, mm -hmm, yeah, that's a really beautiful, uh, you know, uh, university. So I, I went there, and then I actually uh, studied there for five years, and then I got my doctoral degree in applied uh, linguistics. So you can see my major is in always in language. Yeah, and then you know after I finished my uh, doctoral degree, and then of course ideally you know it's, it's probably good for me to teach in the university like you know teaching linguistics and then all these like things I I I do right I'm interested into and then my husband already started his teaching in Chicago I don't want to go somewhere else and then oh, yeah. I just live myself <laughs> in the area mm -hmm. in the region so while well, you know the teaching position in uh, Stevenson you know uh, came up and then I'm really interested in you know while well, teaching Chinese I said well of course it's still language right language and then I really want to really you know well share my knowledge of the language and the culture with the students here the students who are who are taking the you know the the class I think are all those students who are interested in the language and the culture so that's why it's not, okay well it must be very very fun and maybe enriching for me to start a career like that yeah that's why I how I started with yeah teaching Chinese is there like a major difference between like how you're teaching in China versus how you're teaching now? Oh yeah. yeah. Well, that's a really so such a good question because culturally speaking, it's so different. You know, in China, and then the way of teaching uh, are different. You know, in China, we kind of like you know teacher centered. You know, I I taught English to English majors, of course, to college you know, university students, and here I'm teaching Chinese to high school students. And then here I feel like, wow, does it, I mean, is it going to work if I use, you know, the ways I teach in China and then, no, it doesn't, it, it's not, you know, not working. And then I feel like here, you know, the, the students here in America are so creative and then they like to, you know, work with each other and then they like to do something which are creative. And, but in China, students are kind of like, no, they are really good at you know, note-taking. The teacher is usually the center of the classroom. <laughs> you always like, you know, really, okay, well, teach, you kind of like, we call, sometimes we call it spoon, spoon feeding, right? Mm -hmm. You know, well, it looks like the teacher has to know a lot and you have to really, you know, in class, you know, teach every minute, you know, you, you instruct, you know, so in that, no, here is, is not the case. Students really, you know, want to be more creative. They want to, you know, work with each other. The kind of interaction they, I mean, they desire. And then so that, you know, well, I mean, these are very important, which I think, you know, are the biggest difference between teaching in China and then teaching in the uh, US. Yeah. So how do you establish like the creative and like collaborative environment when you first start teaching? Oh, well, here, well, it's a, I mean, I know to start, you know, uh, te 
to start teaching uh, Chinese first year is not easy. Even <laughs> though I'm already like got my doctoral degree, I yeah. know a lot about theory and then yeah. those right mm -hmm. about languages and things. Yeah, while teaching, you know, while high school students Chinese is definitely you know a challenge. It's something which I needed mm -hmm. to learn. The good thing is, you know, our school Stevenson is really such a you know great school, which offer you know our offers teacher all kinds of opportunities for them to improve to grow, mm -hmm. and then yeah, and then in the teaching little by little, and then gradually I start to really hone my skills in really you know creating more student maybe centered activities and then tasks, and then really when you have the mindset that okay well you want your teaching to be student-centered and then mm -hmm. you think more and then you yeah i think that mm -hmm. that definitely helped mm -hmm. yeah is there like any way to help like because you talked about like first years chinese like because a lot of people who do take chinese not all of them are chinese right so mm -hmm. like because chinese is such a complex language how do you like help people who don't really know chinese get started yeah that's very good so you know what uh, you know this year I'm, you know, teaching three levels of Chinese. So my, <laughs> my first level is Chinese one, you know, which means the students who have never, maybe have never had any experience of learning Chinese. Mm -hmm. Now I do have a few heritage learners in Chinese one. Maybe their parents speak Chinese. They know a little bit of, you know, Chinese, mm -hmm. but they are not very confident, not very good in, you know, their reading and uh, writing. And then I also teach AP Chinese, which course, of course, like your mm -hmm. class most of them are heritage learners right mm -hmm. because yeah parents speak Chinese at home most maybe most of the time and then I have another level which is Chinese 6 which means students who finish taking AP Chinese and they are really interested in learning the language and the culture and then most of them are seniors and then that's the three levels so to answer your question how I help those students who have never had you know more Chinese learning experience you know number one I think I really you know try my uh, best to make them feel you know the uh, the fun and the significance of learning a foreign language you know of course I want to make Chinese easy and then fun so that's my kind of guiding principle <laughs> when I teach Chinese one and then of course you know well um, learning the language learning maybe facts and then knowledge of the language is important but what most important to me is well how you cultivate the kind of motivation the kind of interest you know in the students so that they can keep learning keep learning chinese maybe now in high school maybe for four years or maybe even after high school right when they go to college they still want to learn so then in class my principle is to how I can make Chinese fun, make Chinese, you know, easy. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I really try to, you know, really in employ, employ various kinds of, you know, uh, strategies, maybe tasks, you know, so that students can uh, focus, you know, while well, can really learn progress in the, at the pace, you know, which are good for, for them. Yeah, that's how I feel like in that works. So of course in class, um, Chinese one class, and I do a lot of like, you know, well, of course, um, pair work, teamwork, of course, my individual teaching there. And then of, of course, you know, if whenever it's possible, you know, let students do some kind of games. 
you know they like to really do those kind of like like you guys do mm-hmm. right quizlet game kit and mm-hmm. also yeah blue kit all these kind of um technology tools which help them and also i feel like now like compared to maybe 10 years ago yeah i have been teaching here for this is my uh 14th year since I left for three years, <laughs> I I went I went to teach in Nutrier for three years, which is also uh, Nutrier is also a very, you know, good high school in the neighborhood. But um, yeah, and then I feel like compared with my teaching ten years ago, okay. Well, thanks to the uh, really the availability of so many different kind of technology tools, okay. the teaching and the learning Chinese, you know, become much you know easier and fun too. So, what are some like other ways you use technology? Because like every student has like their iPads now, mm-hmm. so mm. is, like is sometimes like the iPad like a nuisance or? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, you know, you guys, you know, iPad is such a great tool for them to, you know, help them to write to learn mm-hmm. better to study. But I know you guys maybe for different classes, you would probably use it. You know, for Chinese class. I find that you know, for example, for my Chinese one, most of them are freshman year students. I really want them to be really not just learning the language, and then they need to learn some skills in you know how they learn well. Not just in maybe in Chinese class, maybe in some other classes too. So using iPad is definitely one thing. And then for example, every day. You know, when they come to my class, they know that they're going to turn on their iPad, they're going to go to Quizlet, they're going to start with, you know, reviewing the words, vocabulary there, because they are waiting for the travelers to be here. So that's, you know, the, a good thing about it. And then even for some students, a good thing about, you know, the iPad use is, well, now I post my lessons. Mm-hmm. You know the the previous day, yeah. you know students if they have anything, you know for on the day they cannot come or they have other things, which prevent them from you know going to class. Those student those students who are really good in organizing, you know their study, they would go to the go to campus, right? They would always go ahead and then check what they're going to learn and then for things they're going to miss and then without asking me they are going to look at the pvts there and then they are you know f- finishing it up and at this and also uh some other uh things is well i also teach them how you are you should be a responsible you know user learn you know user of an ipad so in my chinese one class i would you know time when it's time they need to just uh, look at me listen to my you know talking <laughs> and then i was okay put your iPad away, aside. And now you need to really seriously become aware now the time you are going to be, you know, either listen to your teacher or you need to seriously take out your notebook. I have a note taking time. Now it's time for you to seriously manually write down, you know, notes while you listen to your, your teacher. So that I said, okay, ask yourself how many times you are tempted <laughs> by, right? You know, by the iPad, which is put on the, the desk. You know, mm-hmm. even in the process, your teacher said, okay, now no iPad. And then you need to take notes and then do so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then that's really a, a time for you to be aware that, you know, you can resist the temptation 
of using it. So that's, you know, well, the old kind of, you know, ways we use um, iPad, you know, in class and how it helped. And then if I did, if I do notice someone who got distracted, especially my Chinese one class, because they are all, uh, most of them are just the freshman year students, they need the kind of coaching and training, I would just go to them and then tell them, see, okay, well, you can, right, at this time. You know, you should take notes. You are not using it. And What's then one day in my Chinese one class, I went to a student's twice. And then she told me, oh, Wang Hoshi, can you just uh, take it away? So, well, as a student, she cannot resist, you know, herself, even though I told her twice. And later she has to ask me to take it away. Oh, that's, that's a good, I mean, a gesture. I know she probably tried, but, well, I... I Okay, second day I said, okay, well, I think it's not iPad, it's the iPhone. And then she, when she came in, I, I reminded her, I said, well, can I have your, uh, you know, iPhone, as you said? And then she gave me the iPhone. Then the whole period, the students is so focused in class. And then uh, at the end of the period, I gave her phone and I also complimented her. I said, look, you know that you don't have your phone today and then you're so focused and then you are doing such a good, a good job today. Yeah, hopefully, you know, from there, she can also kind of like really, you know, sense the importance of not being right distracted mm -hmm. by the yeah by their mm -hmm. mobile devices. Do you follow yeah. like the same strategy for all your classes? So like Chinese six as well. Yeah, you know my like you guys are in AP Chinese, right? Mm -hmm. No, most of the time a few guys you know know how to. You really, you know, I know maybe occasionally some of the students are distracted away, but I think if they can be back with me, I don't, I'm not so like, you know, blunt, like, you know, blatant like what I did in my Chinese one. I feel, you know, well, sometimes I do say it in class in general. I said, okay, well, if you want to do, pick, take it away, do not get distracted, then that's probably what I did in my uh, AP and my my six. My uh, Chinese six is a small class, and uh, everybody is so yeah, very very good. They so focused in the learning, and then they are interested in you know doing the things we do, and then it's usually no not a problem. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, do you have to like work to keep? everyone motivated or is it just like a constant so you mean in like in all the classes or oh, sorry. or in just in my higher level or, or like in your higher levels because mm. like at, like at a point like you're constantly learning things and it's like how do you keep students continually motivated yeah yeah you know well that's really i mean a good question and i feel like as a teacher i always you know f think of these it's not just one day you do not teach one day or two days right it's you know a whole year semester well to make one period two periods fun is easy but how can you really you know make your whole like you know the the teaching fun so that's something which i definitely i'm aware i want to work on mm -hmm. and definitely every period i try to come up with something which are different for example well how I want to make sure, you know, students in my high-level AP class, well, maybe today we focus a lot more on, like, reading and writing. Maybe next period, next time, I really want to do something which is more on speaking, you know, peer speaking, partners, you know, and the team work. Maybe something which, like, maybe appeal to different 
like you know ability like maybe the visual sometimes there's more their audio maybe sometimes more on you know so these are the things I definitely think before my you know before class when I kind of you know planning planning my my lessons yeah I, I feel like you know when you really think of this you know little by little and then you can right make your class you know what not every class is the same and you want make them you know different yeah, yeah, different. Yeah. That's nice. So, um, are there any activities you're involved in? Because you're also the sponsor for Chinese club, right? Yes, yes. Definitely, besides teaching Chinese, and then I'm also the uh, co-sponsor of Chinese club, and then the uh, National Chinese Honor Society. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, well, you know, I've been doing this for yeah, a dozen of years, and then starting the Chinese program when I started teaching, you know, Chinese you know, in Stevenson in 2006. And, uh, you know, I can see that, you know, the extracurricular activities, you know, like the Chinese club, National Chinese Honor Society, both, you know, clubs are really expanding. And then I'm so excited to see that our students, especially, you know, the, the e-board members, mm-hmm. wow, they're doing such a great job you know practicing their leadership skills and then then involve so many students in the events or tasks which are something amazing i really yeah i'm so excited and now we are getting to the time to recruit you know new e-board members right for both you know clubs and we have so many students who want to be a leader we have so many applicant applicants and then I feel, yeah, so, so excited about, yeah. And then students, um, when they come to the club, they interact with each other. And you can see the excitement from their facial, like, you know, the, the, the smiles <laughs> and then the kind of exciting voices. <laughs> they, you know, the talk they have with their, their you know, peers. I really, yeah, feel like it's a great, yeah, it's a great thing that, you know, we can offer our students you know, those kind of opportunities for them to, to you know, to do after school. What yeah. are some of the activities you guys do? Like, I remember one of them was, like, mm. dumpling making. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, for Chinese club and, uh, you know, students, they, they do a lot of, you know, different, you know, kinds of activities which involve Chinese culture. So they, for example, in the beginning, usually we start with something which is quite like, you know, watching Chinese movies. And then, you know, they also um, plan some activity, like, you know, last year they did Chinese Olympic, <laughs> Olymp- Olympic, like games. Like, you know, they design, you know, rope jumping, playing ping pong, playing jianzi, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, shot, the shuttle kind of like cock, the, the kind of thing they, they kick those. Yeah. And uh, some other like, you know, also they use like chopsticks so that students can use chopsticks to do competition. This is one like Chinese Olympic games. Okay, wow, the students are so excited, you know, doing it. And then it's physical, right? And it's outside. And then they also make dumplings. Dumpling making, we first start dumpling eating contest, but later we feel like maybe it's a little too, maybe not safe. If they like really try to swallow the dumplings, then maybe, you know, then we, we change it into dumpling making. And every time, you know, the food lab is just packed with students. We have to, you know, 
create a Google form saying first come, first serve. <laughs> yeah, because the food lab can only like accommodate thirty six students, and it's every time is beyond that. You know, while the eboard members, you know. Besides the e-board members, we have like 36 students out there who learn how to cook, you know, make dumplings. And we also um, have another like event, which is uh, Chinese New Year celebrations. Mm -hmm. And then the students are helping, you know, they, they really, we have different stations of games. Of course, Chinese games like playing mahjong and then chess and also maybe calligraphy drawing and also maybe paper cutting all these like stations different stations you i think you helped with yeah, right yeah, yeah, yeah all yeah. these and then people who come from the you know the neighborhood and then the community can participate that's one and then there are you know they really come up with you know the e-board members are thinking every year when they recruit new e-board members they are trying to you know get from those those students more like new new things they can do yeah so that's yeah what they're doing and very yeah fun and also there's oh then that's a national honor society national honor society does more um like you know community service like well the library chinese new year celebration in vernon area library mm -hmm. and also uh chinese new year celebration and also babysitting we oh, babysit babies. yeah we yeah. babysitting you know kids of for our faculty for our staff and the faculty yeah so every once you know in a year and then it's just the kids are just uh, yeah feel so so excited you know being there playing all kinds of you know games and having some also some you know Chinese uh, kind of like snacks there mm -hmm. too yeah, yeah that's mm -hmm. very nice uh -huh. so we're kind of just gonna like move on to the, like the end so like do you have any like words of wisdom or advice to future students Ah, so you mean learning Chinese? Or just like, yeah, anyone who decides to learn Chinese. Mm, okay, I mean, um, interest, interest I think is the key. Never lose interest in doing things, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then maybe you started with doing something which you have never had any experience with but if you are interested in it you would always like spend so maybe much time and efforts in you know exploring from different aspects i think you know interest and in kind of like uh, the mind of inquiry is the key for for somebody for everyone for us to be really successful in doing not just chinese i think everything yeah, because you also have, you have to be interested in order to pursue it yourself, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. 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 Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for joining us on Lunch Break this week. If you like this podcast, make sure to share it with friends and family. Also, make sure to check out what other episodes we have out and to stay in store for any episodes coming in the future.